Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Hey, thank you so much, Pastor Aaron. It is so great to be here with you. Simple Church, man, I love your pastor so much. How many of you love Pastor Aaron? Give him some love in the chat right now, you guys. Shout out your pastor. I hope you know how, how cool this dude is, how amazing he is. This guy is so sharp. The first time I met him was at a CMN coaching uh, conference, and he's a coach, as you guys know, and man, this is just so much wisdom that pours out of him. Uh, we connected pretty much immediately uh, found out that his love language is memes. Um, I don't know if you know that. You probably know your pastor. His love language is memes. I've never met anybody whose love language was memes, but I get the best memes from Pastor Aaron. And uh, so we connect through memes. We connect through FaceTime, through phone calls, through text messages, and it's been it's been pretty cool. Actually, he came out. Um, I think it was about a year and a half ago, right, Aaron? I think it was like the, we went to Catalyst a couple years ago and uh, a Catalyst leadership conference here on the West Coast, and, and uh, he flew out and stayed with our team, and we had such a great time. Our, our team, our staff at Discovery loved Aaron. We got to see the magic man at work, at work. It was, it was pretty cool. Some people stormed out because they thought it was witchcraft, but so, I retained some of my staff. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everybody loved it. It was amazing. I'm excited to be here, though, man. I'm really excited to be sharing in this series, The Church Defined. What a great series for this season that we're in. I think, I think God is shaking up our definition of what we thought the church was supposed to be, and he's upsetting that. It's not maybe meeting the expectation of what a lot of people in our culture have expected the church to be and to do for them. It's not that. It's not doing that. It's not meeting the expectation. It's not fitting the description that maybe we gave it, and I think that a lot of the reason is because we've allowed the culture to influence what the church is, what the church is called to do and to be, what the church looks like. And I think we've got a lot of, uh, that, that's why the Bible says in Romans, do not conform to the pattern of this world, do not conform to the culture of this world, but be renewed by the, by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think there's been a lot of, of uh, just conforming to culture. And you don't conform by accident, you guys. Conforming happens, uh, or intentionally, conforming does happen accidentally. It's like it's unintentional that maybe without recognizing it, there were just subtle changes and shifts into the, the way that we see the, the church defined and showing up in the scriptures. Uh, it just has drifted from maybe where it is today. So what a great season. What a great time to scale things back a little bit and say, well, what is the church? Let's define that again and make sure that we're not fitting the church to our explanation and expectation, but rather conforming our life to the word of God and to what God says 
the church is and what God says the church is supposed to be doing. The church defined. And I got the privilege of sharing this week's topic. Before I jump in, I want to give you some statistics because it's really startling the state of the church in America today. People are, are, are leaving the church. Uh, there's a lot of people getting saved. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of doors being closed. In fact, one, one study showed that 200 churches every week are having their last worship gathering. 200. This was before uh, COVID-19 hit. I can't imagine what statistics are going to be coming out of this. In most churches, 80% of the work is being carried by 20% or less of the people. So we become a church of spectators of the staff and the leaders as they run the race and get burnt out. How many you know that's not the way God intended it to be? Only, check this out, only 39% of active believers consider the Bible as the literal word of God. 39% of people that call themselves Christian don't even believe that the Bible is the word of God. Oh my, oh my. Less than 20% of professing believers follow the biblical principle of generosity and giving. We're allowing other standards dictate our faith and our conduct instead of the word of God. Only 5%, a study has shown, only 5% have shared their faith with a non-believer. More than half of all church members attend church only once a month. Oh my, you guys, something has got to change in the way that we are doing church in America, in the way that we are operating in the church, this casual attendance, casual Christianity, and, and the belief that others will serve and give and share uh, the gospel is tearing down the local church in America. Brick by brick, as believers, it's time that we either get all in or get out. Come on, somebody. Will you say amen there? Come on. So the solution, I think is to redefine church. I think we need to redefine it. We need to get back to the biblical definition. Redefine our casual way, our casual way of approaching the principles of God. Can you imagine what would happen at Simple Church if we just fully bought in to the word of God, to the principles of God, if we just fully bought into every promise of God and we said, that's what I'm believing. I'm not believing what the world says. I'm not believing what the media says. I'm not believing what my past and my history says. I'm getting sold out for the word of God. I'm telling you a revival would break out in Simple Church. Revival would break out in America, in the local church. How many of you want to see revival break out? Come on, somebody. We got, to, we got to get back to the biblical definition of what it means to be the called out ones, the church. If we'd only redefine it, our approach to our relationship with Christ, our relationship with the local church, the blessing, the reward, the joy the fulfillment, the purpose, and the increase would radically transform our life and our world. But the only way you can do this is if we define it correctly. Here's what the Bible says about the church, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. This may be a verse, I think Pastor Aaron shared this last week. It says, for we are all members of one 
body. That's what we are. We're all part of the same family. Now, when I say that word members right there, in, in today's culture, what, what often we think of when we say members of the church, we think of like Planet Fitness, you know, in shape, 24-hour fitness. I don't know what kind of gyms you guys got there in Ohio, in Ohio okay? Do you got those gyms in Ohio? But our mind goes to the membership in a, in a club rather than membership in a family, that's where our minds go. We're all members, and we got to get outside of this, this idea because that's not what God's saying here. God's not saying, hey, good job. You're a member of the club now, right? That's not what he's saying. Hey, here's your card. <laughs> that's not what he's saying. It's not a club, man. You are a member of the family of God. You belong here. You're not a member here as in, as in a club. You're a member because you're part of the, you're a family member here at Simple Church. Amen, somebody? Hey, let me, before I give you where I'm going today and what, how we need to define church and the definition I want to kind of approach today, I want to tell you a little, little story to help set it up. A while ago, my wife and I were at a friend's house and we were having dinner, having a good time. We were just fellowshipping and, uh, it got time to, you know, clean up, clean up the plates. And my wife and I just start to clean up with them and pick up our plates. And they said, no, no, no. Hey, no, no, no. We got it. No, don't worry about it. Sit down. And we're like, no, it's okay. It's all right. We got it. And so we just start helping them out and pick up our plates and take it to the kitchen and just continue on our night. And throughout that process, they kept going, hey, you don't have to. You don't have to. And we're like, it's okay. You know, it's all good. And uh, so we had a good time. We get into the car that night drive back home and as I'm pulling up to the driveway I notice my trash can is still on the curb and it's empty because it's been sitting there for like four days okay it should have been you know or a couple days it should have been brought back to the to the side of the house and I thought oh, I, got, I might as well grab that thing so I park the car get out and I, I get the trash can put it back to the side of the house I go back in the house and I find my wife in the kitchen doing some dishes and stuff and so I just join her start cleaning up around the kitchen, helping her with the dishes, and we're just talking about the night and our friends and the stuff we enjoyed. And it got, I got to thinking that, you know, there was not a moment that my wife stopped me and said, oh, oh you don't need to do that. That's okay. Don't worry about that. <laughs> there, was, there was not a moment that, that that happened. Like when I took the trash from the curb to the, to, that I was supposed to take two days ago to the side of the house, my wife wasn't all, oh, no, 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 you don't need it. You shouldn't. You didn't need to do that. You know why she didn't do that? Because it's my house. That's my house, okay? She expects me to pull my weight. To, you know, there was not. So, so this is what we kind of try to teach our kids, too. You guys have kids. We got three kids. Uh, they're, they're 16, 13, and 11. They're about to change again, man, and, and, and keep going, getting older. I don't know how old your kids are, but you probably had the parental conversation with your kids, where we're trying to get our kids to stop thinking like a guest in their house, okay? Where, where, where we say, hey, guys, come on. I know you smell that. I know you smell those dishes. Who's, who's weak is it to do the dishes? I saw you step over that trash. Are you kidding me? Let's go. Pick that thing up. They're, we're trying to get them to shift from this entitled mentality of mom and dad do everything to I'm a member of this family. I have a part to play because I'm part of this family. I have a part to play in this family. You see, it's the same mentality, this guest mentality. 
can find its way into the local church. This transactional experience where I just go to church. That's where I go to church. That's where I attend. And it's this superficial transaction relationship that you're treating your church like you're, you're acting like you're a guest in the house and God is Look, if you're a believer, if you're a believer in Jesus, you're a disciple, and especially if Simple Church is your home, hey, can I just say something to you? You are not a guest in the house. This is your home. You're part of the family. And because of that, you got a part to play in the family. Can I get an amen there, somebody? Which is why today, I want to help define for you this one right here. Look at it. We get to serve, not just help out. Come on, how many of you heard that before? Will you type that in the chats? We get to serve. We get to serve. I'd love for you to even type, if, you, if you're a part of the dream team at Simpler Church, type in where you serve. I know this is a unique season, and there's only, there's only so much that we can do. We can still make a difference and serve in this season. And you got opportunities that Pastor Aaron and the team are still engaging the city, still engaging the church family, is still making a difference in this season. It may look different, but you can still make a difference in this season. But if you serve on a team, put that in the chat, man. Where do you serve? Where do you get to serve? Hey, there is a big difference between helping out and serving. How many of you know that? That there's, there's a huge difference, and I want to kind of help explain to you the difference. What, what, if you're just helping out, it's, gonna, it's actually going to produce some things inside of you and inside of the people that you're helping that is foreign to the Word of God. God didn't call you to help out. He called you to serve. Hey, we're going to talk about that. Here, because look, here, look at this. When you help, this is what you see weakness. That's what happens. When we help somebody... When we're out, we see weakness like, oh, oh, I can help there. Oh, I can help you. How many, oh, you need help. How many have been told that before? Have you ever been told you need help? Come on. Have you ever thought that about somebody else? Man, they need some help. That person needs some help. Okay, so when you see that, when you see it's almost like the super, superiority thing, I can help. I can help out because there's a weakness there, okay? And there's another form of helping out that I like to call fixing. So when you, when you try to, you know, oh, I can fix that, what you see is brokenness, See, and this is so important that you define this correctly. You get the right why of your serving. Some of you are doing it, but you got the wrong why. And if you got the wrong why, you'll go the wrong way. Oh, I'm just trying to help out. Yeah, because you see weakness. Oh, I can fix that. Well, you see brokenness. But, but when you serve, when you serve, you see value. And that's what God has called us to do, God has called us to see value in every person, in every being, in every addict, in every sinner, in every saint, in every attender and non-attender. He's called us to serve and see value in people, not just help out because they are weak or fix them because they got issues and we can help and we can fix their brokenness. No, that's not. Even like when you go on mission trips, you go to the Dream Center. We have a Dream Center at Discovery. We started the Dream Center in Bakersfield, and, and if you go on a mission trip or you go to the Dream Center, they'll tell you this one that, hey, don't you, don't you go, and tell, go with this attitude of helping out. Don't apologize to the people on the mission field for their lifestyle. Don't apologize to them. When you do that, when you have this posture, you're diminishing them. 
You're devaluing them. You're taking integrity and wholeness from them, posturing yourself above by helping out when God did not call you to help out. He called you to see value in every soul and to serve. Can I get an amen? Someone in the chat's there. Come on. You say, what's the difference? I'm going to help you out. There's a huge difference. The people, to the people we serve and to ourselves. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 23. He said, the greatest among you, look at this, the paradox, the upside down principles of Jesus. The greatest among you will actually be your servant, he says. And I'm going to show you today what will happen if you'll redefine church as asking you to help out and, and, and why you should start serving. You should start serving, all right? Because Jesus said the greatest among you will be your servant. And that's backwards to the world's standards today, isn't it? Because the world's standard says build a pyramid, stand on top, get there however you can, get there. Jesus said the exact opposite of what the world says what a real leader is. In the world, that's what you do. You build a pyramid and you climb to the top. But Jesus said, no, whoever serves best leads best. Servanthood is leadership. And the better you serve, the more God will elevate you, raise you up in leadership. You see, leadership is not a matter of getting people to serve your interests. Leadership is a matter of serving the best interests of others. Come on, that's a quote. Someone ought to retweet that one, okay? I'm going to say it again so you can tweet it. Leadership is not a matter of getting people to serve your interests. Leadership is a matter of serving the best interests of others. Jesus says, if you want to be great, learn to be the servant of all. There is a difference. And it's going to produce a difference whether you help or serve. It's going to produce something different in you and into the people. Let me show you what, it, if you're just helping out, if you're just, oh, I can help you because you're weak, because I can see, because I, I can fix that, it's broken. If you're just helping out, here's what will happen. Helping out will eventually become self-seeking. If you're just helping out, and that's the posture, that's the why, that's the heart, that's the attitude, you'll eventually, it'll point back to yourself to where you start thinking, well, what am I getting out of this? What's the benefit for me? Helping will always become self-seeking. Mark chapter 10, verse 33 through 37 tells a story of Jesus has this moment. He's having a moment with his disciples, and it's a very heartfelt moment. Look at it with me. He tells the, his disciples, we're going up to Jerusalem, Jesus said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. So he's telling them, hey, it's about to happen. Hey, I want to let you guys know, this is, this is hard for me. Look, at, he says, they will, they're going to condemn me to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him, spit on him, flog him, kill him, and three days later, he will rise. Think, like, can you picture this, this moment that Jesus is having with his disciples, and then we're going to see what people helping out, what produces in people helping out, because it says, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come to Jesus and say, teacher, they said, that sucks for you and all, but we want you to do whatever for us, whatever we ask. What? Are you kidding me? Picture that with me, please. This, Jesus is having a moment with his disciples, and it's so heartfelt. He's telling them, I'm going to be handed over. I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. You can just see the tears welling up in his eyes, and then James and John go, yeah, 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 be, be quiet, Jesus. Hey, check it out. It's so, no, seriously, so disrespectful, so presumptuous. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. He says, what do you want? And they replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. 
Man, how presumptuous, how self-serving and self-seeking these guys were. They, they've been with Jesus for a few years by this time already, you guys, and I'm telling you, they missed it. You know why? Because they were just helping out. They were just helping out. That's why. They were just helping Jesus. They were just helping the kingdom of God, but they had no ownership in the kingdom of God. They were helping, but they weren't owning. Hey, you... You are not called to help out. You are called to own, okay? You can't help the kingdom, but he has called you sons and daughters, amen? He's called you sons and daughters, and when there's no ownership in the church and we're just helping out, we'll look for the most convenient ways to serve, and we can end up being self-seeking, self-serving. Here's what happens. Membership, the attitude of membership always assumes rights, right? When you get a membership... You're thinking, you're thinking in terms of, oh yeah, I got a membership, so I can use those weights, I can use that treadmill, I can, I can, I can lift that, I can come during this, these hours because I'm a member, I'm a member, I can do that, I have rights. But Jesus is trying to shift your thinking, your attitude, your heart from membership to ownership. Someone who takes ownership knows they have a part to play. Ownership assumes responsibilities. Membership picks up rights and thinks about rights. That's what happens. We're approaching God's throne with conditions needing to be met, not a heart that's been offered in surrender. Sometimes helping out isn't just self-seeking, though. Maybe that's you, but, but so some, you know, sometimes we can come into serving with the right idea, that, you know, but it's still just helping out. And what happens is it'll end up like this. Helping out can become a task. Maybe some of you entered into serving with the right attitude, but, but I, how many of you, I've been here, you guys. I don't know if you've ever been here where helping out just became a, a task to accomplish. It just be, you know, I, I, I worshiped one and I served one. I did my thing. I, I checked in, you know, checked in and out. I was scheduled. I did my duty. I did my assignment. It's where I was scheduled. I don't know. Anyone ever fall into this trap where helping can just become a task? One of the most well-known miracles Jesus performed, his disciples almost missed the miracle. In Matthew chapter 14, this is the miracle where Jesus, uh, uh, he, he multiplied the loaves and fishes, fed 5,000 people, and the disciples almost missed it, almost missed this miracle. Check this out. It, it says, as evening approached, the disciples came to Jesus and said, this is a remote place. <laughs> Everyone wants to serve until it starts getting hot, right? <laughs> Jesus, is a remote place, man. <laughs> Hey, I want to serve. I feel called to serve at the Dream Center in, 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 in the pantry. Let it get 100 degrees. I'm out, right? Okay, this is a remote place, and it's already getting late. It's late, you know? Ugh. The sermon's over. Can we go? I'm, I'm hungry now. I'm hung can, we, can we just go already? Send the crowds away. Get them out of here. It's time to go. I'm hungry. So they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food, Okay. I can get my own food. They can get their own food, okay? This is, this is the attitude that we see shaping in, in the disciples. I wonder how many miracles we've missed because we're just helping instead of serving. Hey, Jesus, we've done our job here today. Tell these people to go home. Uh, you know, I shook some hands. I've handed out the notes. I, I checked in. I did my part. I parked the cars. See, when our acts of service become tasks to be completed... 
we miss out on the miraculous that Jesus is inviting us into. I'm telling you, there is, there is, Jesus wants you to start acting more like an owner instead of a member because he wants to invite you into the miracle. You know, you know the story. Jesus said, have them sit down. He prayed over the loaves and fishes and he handed it to his disciples and he said, hey, you hand it out to them. This miracle is for you. They would have missed out on the miracle if they would have just checked in and checked out. It was so, so close, but Jesus helped them out. Helping is a task. It's about the task, and a life lived for Christ is more than a just, it, just a list of tasks. Another thing this idea of helping out creates, helping becomes a source of burnout. You will eventually burn out and fade away if that's just your attitude and heart position, the, where you just got no more to give. You, got, you're, you feel depleted but, but when you get to serve, hey, when you get to serve, God will give you a power, an anointing, a grace, and a passion that you cannot fabricate yourself. That's why we see some people on fire for God, serving multiple services, going to the Dream Center, leading a group, leading a team. And they're like, come on, the kingdom of God is near, full of God. And then we see others that serve once a month, and they go... I'm tired. I think I need a break. <laughs> Why? Well, it's because you're helping out and not serving. You're acting like a member and not an owner. If you don't redefine helping out, you're going to burn out. Like in Malachi chapter thir- 3 says, it says, you've said it's futile to serve God. We're our pers- Look, when you get this way, when you he- start helping out, you start to get burnt out, y- your perspective starts to even shift, doesn't it? Where you think like, man, why am I even, and even the, the people you're, you're, you're serving, you're like, you start looking at them differently. You look at the team differently, the people you're serving, you just, man, I, if I have to serve one more, will you just go home already? You, when you're burnt out, you, you changes your perspective, it's futile to serve God, he says. What have we gained by keeping his requirements? What, what, what's in it for me? Walking around mournfully before the Lord of hosts. So now we call the arrogant blessed. Not only do evil do us prosper, but even test God and escape. So he's just, this guy right here is obviously in a place where he has burnt out. Sounds like someone who's been through it. It sounds like someone who's been faithful in serving God or at least in, you know, in helping out. You know, you can be faithfully helping, but it doesn't mean you're actively serving. Because there is a difference. I want you to get this. There is a difference between helping and serving. There's a huge difference. Hey, you're not a guest. This is your house. You're part of this house. You belong. You're the family. God created you to serve. And because he's a loving God and God wants to bless you, he even put some benefits and blessings on top of your serving. Like if you, if you just, if you stop helping out, just don't do that. But if you can just, if you can get that attitude, I get to serve God has some benefits to serving. Let's pick up that story of James and John in Mark chapter 10 again in 40, verse 42. That story continues. And he says, it says, you know that the, Jesus talking here, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, he says, it's going to be different. Hey, I've called you to be different, Jesus says. He says, this is how you're going to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you, must be your servant. That's, that's, 
That's what's required, because whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. That's what he said, but to serve others. So let me give you a few of the amazing things God has in store for those who step off of the sidelines of just helping out and start having the attitude of we get to serve. Here are the benefits. Number one, serving provides you with purpose and fulfillment. This is how amazing and good God is. Okay, he didn't just say, hey, you better serve me. No, he made it a benefit to serve him. You'll never get that from just helping out. You'll never get purpose and fulfillment from just helping out. A lot of people try to find purpose and fulfillment in other areas in their life or in this world apart from God or apart from serving God, and they'll never find it. You will never find your purpose and be fulfilled apart from serving. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says, God the Father knew you. Check this out. I want you to know this. And he chose you long ago. Some of you need to receive that because you think that, that you're maybe disqualified from serving. He knows exactly what you need and he knows exactly what makes you tick. God chose you long ago. I want you to hear that. You need to receive that. Some of you think you're not ready to serve, but you were created to serve. And you can actually test this out, man. Even if you're not, even if you're not a believer, God wired you this way. This is how cool it is. Some of you are maybe not a believer. You're still testing out faith in Jesus and this simple church and this whole church thing. And I, I would encourage you, test this out. Start serving God by serving others, and you will find that God will start to give you purpose and fulfillment. I'm telling you, this is true. You know why? Because God wired you this way. You were created to serve God and find purpose and fulfillment in it. Here's what 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well, look, to serve one another. He made you with gifts, with purpose, with ministry, with this idea and a vision, a purpose to serve others and make a difference. Hey, you haven't been created to just help, to simply help. You've been created to serve. You were born to serve the local church, the body of Christ, and you'll never feel fulfilled until you do. That's just one of the benefits. Here's another one. Number two, serving nourishes the soul. Oh man, it just feels its nourishment, and God wired you this way. Some of you are starving in this area of your life, starving in your soul because it's lacking this nourishment. Sure, you may read your Bible, you may have devotion, you may pray, you may worship, you may even have community, and all those things are good and great, and it's what you should do, but you, will, you, you are missing out on a nourishment, a part of your inner health, a part of your soul that will not be nourished unless you serve God because God wired you this way. Some of you are starving for this, and again, it can't come through helping out. It can only come through serving. John chapter 4 says it this way. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat Come on, because he'd been serving for a, a few days at this time. And Jesus goes, no, I have some food that you don't know about. And Jesus explained, my nourishment. You got some, I got some nourishment that you guys don't know anything about. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing 
his work. He said, I got some nourishment in my life that you don't know about. What gives me passion, what gives me strength, what gives me energy, what gives me drive, what keeps me going. The world cannot give that to me. It's when I'm serving my father and doing what he's created me to do. That's what gives me nourishment. That's what nourishes my soul. Let me give you a few sub points here because nourishment or serving is the antidote to self-absorption. And this is so prevalent in our culture. Man, a self-absorbed, self-seeking. Think about that. You spent the time, money, and effort serving others, but somehow you walk away feeling more blessed than they did, right? Three different forms of self-absorption in our society that you can see. I'm going to give them to you. This is not in your notes or anything. Individualism, secularism, and narcissism. Three prevalent uh, self-absorbing attitudes in our culture that serving is an antidote for. Individualism says, I've got to do what's best for me. Hey, I've got to do what's best for me. Do your own thing, okay? I'm going to do my own thing. That's individualism. Secularism says, God doesn't matter, okay? And I discovered that for most people, it's not that they don't believe in God. They just don't think he matters. He's irrelevant. Most people live, live they, they, they believe in God, you know, even say like, yeah, sure, uh, you know, but secularism says God doesn't matter in my life. So God, you stay over there and I'm going to, you know, stay over here. You, you handle the big stuff and I'll handle the little stuff. And, and, and you say, don't bother me and I won't bother you. There's some Christians that actually are living more of a secular, God doesn't matter lifestyle where God lives in this box over here. God only handles the big stuff. He doesn't handle my little life. You, God handles the church stuff and the spiritual stuff and the big stuff. And I'll handle my life. A lot of, a lot of Christians are living a secular Christianity. I'll do it my way because God doesn't matter. Narcissism says all that matters is me. All that I'm interested in is my goals, my dreams, my desires, my fulfillment, my happiness, my career. Nothing else matters. Everything gets filtered through this question, what's in it for me? That's narcissism. Serving is the antidote to a society that's fixated on self-absorption. I'm telling you, you need it. You need, it's good for you as much as it's good for the people that you're serving. And God wired it this way, that it would do some things inside of you purpose and fulfillment that it would nourish you here's another one serving provides health benefits and there's so many studies so many studies about serving and volunteering do you know that the studies show that you'll have a longer life if you volunteer regularly that you'll be healthier that you'll be less sick that you'll be you'll be more happy if you serve god wired you this way that you would be healthier through serving listen wherever you respond to what God has called you to do, it brings a sense of life to your soul, okay? And the last benefit I want to share with you today, number three, serving is joining God's plan to reach your community. Serving is joining God's plan to reach your community. This is God's plan to reach the community, not by helping weak people, not by fixing broken people, but by seeing value in every person and every soul and every person and serving them. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 14 says, and we urge you, and I'm trying to get some, some, some Holy Spirit urging. I hope you're sensing the Spirit urging you today. Brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak and be patient with everyone. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. 
I love this. I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. In fact, the church is God's plan A, and there is no plan B. The church is God's plan. The church is a place where people in communities, big and small, can find hope, healing, relationships. God's master plan was that the church would be the change agent of the world. There is no plan B, y'all. Jesus established the church as the agent of change in the world. And here's what 1 Peter chapter 2 says, verse 9 and 10. But you, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That's, how, that's who you are. You're part of the family. You're a royal inheritance. You're a joint heir with Christ. You're a holy nation, God's special possession. Like you're, you're part of the family of God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of that guest experience, out of that entitled mindset, out of that darkness and into his wonderful light. And he says, check this out, because once you were a guest, once you didn't belong, once you were on the outside looking in, once you were not a people, but now... You are the family of God. Now you belong. Now you are the people of God. Now you are. We are not a people. We, all, we are the people of God. Hand-picked and designed to have ownership in God's kingdom through the church, his mission, his plan. It's time we stop just helping out. And we start saying, I get to serve. Hey, don't wait for tomorrow. Start today. Like, get involved. Here, here's what I would encourage you today. Find a place, even in this season, and go all in. Hey, find, find a place, wherever that place may be. Find it and just stop, stop going halfway. Come on, so some of you have been going halfway. Some of you have been giving God a part of your week, but not all of your week. Some of you have been giving God part of your life, but not all of your life. Some of you have been giving, let, shutting God out of maybe your relationships, maybe out of your finances, maybe out of your career or your future. Maybe there's areas that you said, yeah, I'm going for you, God, but you've left it. It doesn't work. Christianity, following Jesus, this church thing doesn't work unless we go all in. Here's what I encourage you to do today. Just find a place, find a place, and go all in and just see if God's word is not true and he does not fill you with passion, fire, strength, energy, purpose, and fulfillment coming into your life. Just see if he will not nourish your soul, health come into your life. Come on, somebody. Go all in with God. Can I start right there with some of you? Some of you, you're here today and you're listening and you've never went all in with God. Like you've never fully committed your life to God. And, and there are some of you that are here that you've never prayed a prayer, you've never done anything like that, never accepted Jesus as your own Lord and Savior. And I'd love for you to make a decision today. I would love to help you and pray with you and for you to make Jesus the Lord of your life today. But there's also another category of people who maybe you've been doing a religious thing. Maybe you've been doing a cultural Christianity, a comfortable Christianity, a casual Christianity, and you haven't went all in with God. I can't describe salvation any different than going all in, putting all the chips to the table, dying to yourself and your old life and surrendering it all 
to Jesus. Some of you maybe have been playing church and you need to go all in. I'd love to pray for you. If you're here today and you love to pray that prayer, maybe start a fresh start today, a new life today. Come on, if that's you, there's a button right here on the chat. If you click that button right there that says, I'm going to pray that prayer. Come on, will you, will you click that button right now? It says, I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to pray that prayer with you right now. Come on, go all in with me. Go all in with me. Go. You know God's calling you. Go all in. Go all in. Come on, son. He's calling you. Come on, it's time. It's time you let go of that. Come all the way with me and just see. Just see the benefit, the blessing, the purpose that God will give you. Come on, after you click that button, will you bow your head right there? Let me pray with you. Pray something like this. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Today I surrender the control of my life to you. All of me, Jesus. I'm going all in and all out for you from this day forward. Jesus, I want to live for you. Come live inside of me and make me brand new. I reject the cultural Christianity, comfortable and casual. I want to go all in. Thank you, Jesus, for a fresh start in our walk with you. You're doing a new thing. You're doing a new thing, God, and we receive it. God, I, I believe you're challenging people to serve, to step out of their comfort zone, to change and shift their attitude from fixing and helping to truly serving with a heart of servanthood, with the heart of you, Jesus. Shift us right now, God, that we would have your heart, that we would have this attitude that we get to serve. God, thank you for the privilege of including us in the miracle. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, I am so excited for those of you that shot your hand up and said yes to Jesus today. I want to celebrate with you. In fact, all of heaven is having a party for you. Our church is having a party. In fact, if you're here live right now in the chat box, will you share how excited you are for those that have raised their hand, who prayed that prayer, who made the decision to make Jesus Lord of their life. Do that right now. Share it over there. Let them know how proud you are of them, that they're part of the family and you're willing to walk with them. Man, it's so exciting. Now listen, if you made that step today, if you made that commitment, raised your hand, I'm gonna ask you to do one more thing and that's to click up here on our connection card. If you'll do that, that'll connect with us and let us know that you're ready. We wanna resource you, make sure that you are reading God's word, that you are part of a grow group, a group of people that are gathering around growing and following Jesus better together. We wanna make sure that you understand what your next steps are. So click on that, that connection card up there and one of our team members will reach out with you, reach out to you, maybe even get you a Bible if you need a Bible. Uh, but we would love to connect with you and celebrate that decision that you made today. Also today, if you came and the Lord has spoken to your heart or maybe you've made a commitment to give of your tithes and your offerings, you can do that now. Click on the giving link right up here or you can text to give by texting any dollar amount to 84321. Uh, the first time that you do that, it'll give you some instructions on how to set up that, that, that method of giving. But that's the method I choose to use. Text any dollar amount to 84321. And uh, that way you can give that way regularly, easily, uh, on, on, as often as the Lord leads you to do that. So take an opportunity to do that. Again, we're not asking anything from you. If the Lord is speaking to your heart, we would love to have you do that. And, uh, and we believe that God will bless you as you take steps of obedience to do that. Now, as you do that, share a couple things with you before we close. First, again, remind you, today is our birthday party, a Zoom birthday party, Simple Church Shindig, our birthday shindig at 2 p.m. today. 
The link has been shared. Hopefully we're sharing it again already right now here on our online campus or if you're watching on Facebook, uh, make sure you join us. A lot of fun, a lot of surprises, a lot of prizes as well. And uh, there definitely might be some cake. So uh, join us today at 2 p.m. Also, this past week we launched our grow groups. And man, I had our first night of group this past week and uh, we, we had a bunch of, of, I'm telling you, a lot of fun. There was, we prayed for one another, encouraged one another. It was so good to see everybody gathered together. If you're not in a group yet, our first week has gone by, but just know that you can still jump in. There's five weeks left in this very short season of groups. Get online, use our Simple Church app, or go to our website, attendchurch.online, and you can get into a group still today. So, so don't delay get in a group. I'm sure none of them have started any of their studies yet, but we would love to have you there with us. So, all right, at this time, I am so glad that you guys joined us today. I hope that God spoke to your heart. I hope that you feel challenged. I hope that you're willing to take the next step, whatever that may be that God leading, God is leading you to do. I love you guys, and we'll see you right back here next Sunday at Simple Church. God bless you.